Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gekko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars Comics and Canon. The Force is strong with this one. Hello, my friends, and welcome to another book review. So I'm going to try my best to keep this spoiler-free to begin with, then I'll give plenty of spoiler warning, and then we'll give some of the plot details and some of my more in-depth thoughts as we continue on. But yes, I'm tackling the book Padawan by Kirsten White. It came out in July 2022, and it centers all around Obi-Wan Kenobi as a Padawan. So, aside from a small amount of a story in the Obi-Wan comics that I tackled on Star Wars Comics and Canon a couple months back now, aside from one little story in there, this I think is like the earliest Obi-Wan story we've got in Canon, that is. So, in canon obviously we get a lot about Kenobi because he's a main character in the prequels in the original trilogy he is obviously quite an important character and then we get a few books and comics as well as the Clone Wars series and obviously he is major in the Clone Wars but one of the big books that people talk about and I've actually done a review for is uh, Master and Apprentice it's an adult novel by Claudia Gray and it is set I think around eight years before the Phantom Menace So I think Obi-Wan is around 17 in that story. And in The Phantom Menace, he is 25 years old. Then in Attack of the Clones, he's 35. And then I think he dies when he's 57 in A New Hope. But Padawan takes place earlier than that. Padawan is only um, shortly after Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have been connected. So shortly after Qui-Gon has chosen Obi-Wan as a apprentice or as a Padawan. And so I think Obi-Wan is around 15 in this ish from what I vaguely recall so yeah a few years before Master and Apprentice very early on in his Padawan training now I won't say anything specifically further quite yet um, but my spoiler free view is going to be more so what's said on the blurb maybe even what's in the first chapter or so but generally I'll keep it spoiler free so you can still enjoy the book So Padawan is a young adult novel, also known as a YA book, and that means it fits into similar categories as Princess Leia of Alderaan, Lost Stars, and then a bunch of the High Republic stuff like Out of the Shadows and Into the Dark, those sorts of things. The general term YA, sometimes adults don't want to read young adult books because they seem to think the quality is going to be lower, and this is something I have to vehemently say I disagree with. I understand the thought of that, I understand where that idea comes from, But from my understanding and from my experience, when I've read young adult books, and I spoke about this fairly in depth with Claudia Gray back in like December 2019, I think it was, but young adult fiction, it's mainly just that the characters are usually teenagers or one or two of the main characters are teenagers and it's usually a story about growth in some way. That's, in broad strokes, that's what a YA book is to me. That's what I've experienced quite a lot. I've recently finished a book called The Force Collector. That's a YA book, and I'll be doing a little review thing on that at some point in the future. But yeah, I I really, really enjoy YA books, and I really like books where characters go on journeys or learn something. And I've got to say, I'm a sucker for romance in fiction. Uh, I've noticed in Star Wars reading a lot of the time, when there are hints of romance... Like in The Force Collector, there's a little bit. Like in Lost Stars, there's a little bit as well. And it's just one of those things where I just find it so endearing. It's mainly because when you're a teenager and the whole world is on your shoulders, or at least it feels like that, and you're trying to find out 
where you fit in this world or in Star Wars in the galaxy, what you want to do with your life, how you want to kind of be. You're still acting in certain ways that you then, after the fact, recognize as not very healthy ways to respond to things. So you're trying to improve on yourself. Mixed of that, you're often going through puberty at that age. So you've got all these hormones swirling around you. You get a bit of mood swings and things. You're starting to feel all these things you wouldn't normally feel. You're starting to feel attracted to people that you weren't noticing attraction to. There's all these things that are all happening and they all happen all at once. So it's kind of almost like you think that one day you're this, you know, innocent, not worrying about the deeper existential dread of the world, happy-go-lucky child for the most part, and then it just feels like suddenly you get hit by a train of emotion and sexuality and societal hierarchy and concern about your future and a degree of disrespect for authority or not being not wanting to be told what to do. And then all your peers seem to think that they're cooler than each other. And then you're kind of trying to fight in, in like this weird social hierarchy of whether or not you're cooler than everyone else. Or if you're not, and if you fit in, or if you don't. And oh, It's a minefield. I am so glad that I'm nearly 30 and don't have to deal with a part of that, let's say. Uh, it's when you're older, if any young listeners are listening, when you are older, it does it does get easier, I will say, uh, in, in a lot of ways. I think it's more so you just kind of know yourself a bit more, so you kind of know where you fit in the rest of the world as opposed to how the rest of the world fits around you. I think that's probably quite a key element of growing up and understanding and kind of realising that some people are just dicks and there's not really anything you can do about it, unfortunately. Um, but aside from this little tangent about YA, yet this book is about Obi-Wan growing as a person and going through something that I think everyone goes through, which is really just questioning specifically what you're doing with yourself. And obviously being a young Jedi, that is a major part of being a Jedi. Obviously in the Clone Wars, a lot of the Jedi didn't get to experience this because they were so busy fighting wars and being commanders and then obviously graduating to Jedi Knight and then becoming generals. They don't have this quiet time to really reflect. And in the High Republic, I know I know this isn't a High Republic book, but in the High Republic, obviously set around 200 years before the events of this book, you've got characters who want to leave the Order, and then they do. And they go off, they live their life for a certain period of time, and then sometimes they come back. And it's in the High Republic, it just seems like they're a lot more willing to allow Jedi to go away and find themselves and really figure out if they actually want to be part of the Order. Whereas the prequel era Jedi, they seem to be a lot more like, no, you're with us. If you do anything against us, you're kind of going to leave. You know, you had people like Dooku who are not quite pushed out of the Order, but he disagreed with it a lot. He left the Order and he's kind of allowed to hang out at the Jedi Temple and stuff still. But when you see it with Ahsoka, for example, uh, in the Clone Wars, I won't spoil the details of it, but there's a point in which she decides to leave the Order. I won't say anything else about that or anything else further to that but there's a point where she decides that's what she wants to do and the way that the council kind of deal with that is really not as healthy or not as good as they do in the high republic so in prequel era jedi there's i think a lot more taboo of leaving the jedi order or trying to explore other options one thing i do like which i can't remember if it's in this book or if it's in out of the shadows or if it's in i think it's out of the shadows it mentions um, but it's in other young adult books as well, I think, is they're slowly tackling like, what it's like to be a sexually active young person in the Jedi Order. And, you know, I keep this PG. I, I don't want anyone getting uncomfortable if they're listening to any of my, any of my book reviews with their kids. And like, uh-oh. Um, but with it, I find that in the most recent books, they start to tackle a little bit more. And that the Padawans, they often will uh, get involved physically with each other 
in various degrees. Um, sometimes, you know, they do what teenagers often do and just kind of form a singular relationship. Sometimes they form lots of relationships that only occur over a singular night, shall we say. But one of the things that got noted in one of these books that I can't remember which one it is, they basically said that when that seemed to happen around the High Republic era, usually what would happen is then the Padawans who were involved, the Masters would recognise this, and normally just each of the Masters would go off on separate missions across the galaxy, and then after they've been away for several months, they'd come back and the infatuation would have stopped. Like, that's... I don't necessarily agree with that, but that kind of idea is a bit more healthy than basically telling them that they have to leave the Order, or that they're a failure, or anything like that. So, that that's always kind of a part that I, I think in prequel era Jedi it somewhat kind of continues a little bit. I think the Padawans are given a bit of a pass. A lot of masters kind of turn a blind eye. But I think that when it becomes a bit more of a deep infatuation, it becomes a problem. Um, I'm also thinking it might actually be The Rising Storm, uh, which is not a YA book. It's an adult novel in uh, Wave 2, Phase 1 of the High Republic. And probably my favourite Star Wars book. Um, in The Rising Storm, yeah, that's uh, I think that's when they talk about it. Because Elzar Man and Avar Chris and a few others kind of talk about it a little bit. But... Padawan kind of explores this element a little bit, but not that much. But it's more about Obi-Wan connecting and communicating with other people his age, especially those that aren't Jedi, and kind of seeing what a life can be like for a young teenager, maybe who is Force-sensitive, maybe who's not, just seeing what they can do and what, what other choices there are. And I really like those kind of stories. I mean, I... As I said, I'm not going to spoil what happens, not yet, um, but I really like these kind of stories. I, I really enjoy them. And Obi-Wan is a character that whenever they release new Obi-Wan content, you know, I'm always a bit like, nah, do we need more Obi-Wan? And then I get it, and I'm like, yes, just put it straight into my veins. Because Obi-Wan is my all-time favourite Star Wars character, and he's my all-time favourite character in pretty much anything that exists, all, across all franchises and everything. There are certain characters that I really, really enjoy, and there are certain characters that I'm really into for shorter periods of time, but... For me, Obi-Wan, although flawed, is really the role model of what a Jedi kind of should be. I know as the canon has gone on, uh, people like Ahsoka and Kanan have kind of taken that mantle to a degree. And Kanan and Ahsoka are my other two favourite characters in Star Wars. Especially, well, Kanan is like my ultimate favourite character, but the amount of content we get around Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan really, you McGregor Obi-Wan from the prequels, especially in Attack of the Clones, he is the character that when I was a kid, I really looked up to. He was the one that I kind of based. It's probably a, too, maybe too much of a strong word. But I let his ideas on morality and the way he held himself kind of guide who I wanted to be. You know, he's very well spoken. He's very calm and collected. But he's also a bit sassy. He's got, you know, he's got a bit of humour there. got a bit of sarcasm. And he is, he does follow the rules a lot. And he doesn't really break the rules. But he he does still what he thinks is right and his interactions with that Anakin in Revenge of the Sith I just think are so good throughout the whole film I love it and so I've just always really admired Obi-Wan as a character and I've always appreciated you know Alec Guinness's portrayal of the role and being this old man this hermit this wizard the one who opens the whole world up to Luke and basically Obi-Wan is the reason that the entire universe doesn't fall under the thumb of the Empire permanently because he gets Luke out, he teaches Luke about the Force, he kind of brings about Luke's awakening. And in doing so, that's what leads to the Death Star being destroyed, and inevitably Death Star 2, and Palpatine, and Vader. All of that stuff that happens in the original trilogy is a catalyst from Obi-Wan. 
So I've always found Obi-Wan is just such an important character and his the way he composed himself and how much suffering he's gone through and all these elements, I just... I'm always like, yeah, don't really need much more Obi-Wan because I know what happens to him. And then as soon as I get it, I'm like, yes, yes. I, I love Obi-Wan. I'd love like an animated series of young Obi-Wan or something like that. I just... Also, I love Qui-Gon. Like, I've been talking a lot about Obi-Wan, and this this book is very Obi-Wan-centric because uh, the, the general premise, and this is a lot on the blurb, is essentially Obi-Wan is kind of getting a bit frustrated with Qui-Gon. They agree to go on a mission together. Qui-Gon doesn't turn up or has disappeared or whatever. And it was just after Obi- uh, Qui-Gon had a conversation with Dooku, and it was, I think, just after Dooku had left the Order around that time. So Obi-Wan goes to do on this mission. Qui-Gon's nowhere to be found. So Obi-Wan just goes off by himself to do it. That That's how, how it happens. So at the start, you get a little bit of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon uh, communication and stuff. And obviously, this isn't a spoiler because we know what happens to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And this these books, this book takes like 10 years before The Phantom Menace. Uh, so they both survive. And eventually, Obi-Wan is reunited with Qui-Gon. And it's just any Qui-Gon dialogue I'm really appreciative of because Qui-Gon is another one that any Qui-Gon stuff I just love in Tales of the Jedi obviously we've got a lot more Qui-Gon I was just so for it he's such an interesting character I love him so we got a little bit of Qui-Gon in this as well but it was mainly about Obi-Wan's perception of his relationship with Qui-Gon and one of the things I really like about this it's kind of uh, reminiscent in some ways of uh, Brotherhood by Mike Chen so Brotherhood by Mike Chen I did a book review for that I think I really saw my main uh, Styles Comics and Canon channel. I haven't decided if I'm releasing this just on Patreon or on the main channel. I feel like I might release it on the main uh, feed uh, when it's Christmassy time, uh, but I'll, I'll figure it out. But regardless, Brotherhood by Mike Chen, everyone should be able to listen to that uh, for free anywhere. And that's all about Obi-Wan and Anakin's dynamic shifting once Anakin gets promoted to Jedi Knight. That's the whole premise of the book. It's, you know, right at the very start of the Clone Wars, within a couple of weeks of Attack of the Clones, and it's all about their dynamic shifting and changing, and you get to see how each of them perceive their respective relationship with each other. With Padawan, you don't quite get Obi- uh, you don't quite get Qui-Gon's perspective, but you do get Obi-Wan's perspective on what it's like being Qui-Gon's Padawan, and what he was expecting, but also what the reality is, and some of the lessons he learned from the things he doesn't like about Qui-Gon. And I think that's a really important lesson as well with young adults, is that just people is that you know most parents are not overtly bad people a lot of parents have done things that suck and are really mean and have potentially traumatized us as their kids or has just left like a, a mark or a very small amount of kind of you know there's a couple of things that my parents said to me that they probably don't even remember but just a little line that they probably didn't think of anything of and it really stuck with me some for good, some for bad. But I think that as a teenager, especially, as you start to grow up, one of the lessons is that parents and authority figures are not infallible. They just aren't. They are flawed people. And they are, most of the time, trying their best. Or at least trying fairly hard. So I think to a degree we need to cut some of them some slack. You know, there are obviously extreme examples. I'm not going to delve into the darkness of that. That That's a different story. But I think... In general, for the most part, most parents are trying to, you know, be good. They don't always succeed. And I think that this book does quite a good job of being like, maybe sometimes when a parent is making you do this or doing that, something that you hate doing, if you kind of look a bit deeper into why that is, you might actually learn something about yourself. And it might give you some new appreciation for this thing that you previously hated doing. 
so that's like an element of the book as well and obviously it's a lot about teenage rebellion and you know there's a bit of a there's a vibe of lord of the flies i'll say that that kind of comes into it a little bit um but in this book itself i i really enjoyed it i think this is one of the better of the young adult novels i think overall compared to all star wars stories it's a really really good middle ground book uh, probably the upper middle i'd say if it was ranking if i can't remember how many styles books i've reviewed but if i've reviewed like 20 i'd say this is probably like ninth i guess maybe um it's it's a really good book it's just that it, the problem is with a lot of star wars books and this is nothing against the author kirsten white who does an excellent job i love her writing style i hadn't read anything else of hers prior really really enjoyed how she wrote in this but I just find that the issue is with a lot of these Star Wars books is that because they're using characters we already know about, immediately some of the dramatic tension comes out. That happens with a lot of Clone Wars era novels, that happened with Brotherhood by Mike Chen, there's a lot of elements like that, but still, it's a really, really good read. You know, knowing what happens to Obi-Wan doesn't necessarily take away from it, you can kind of then hyper-focus on what the story is trying to say, what he learns about it. Once you realise that this book is more of depth into the character as opposed to a specific dramatic narrative you enjoy the book a lot more now don't get me wrong the narrative is dramatic and it is very very exciting as well and there are so many parts of it where you know you really don't know what's going to happen next and that's hard to do in a book that's a prequel so i like that i really liked how it's its own kind of thing and we get different perceptions of the force it's a really fun read. I took it with me when I went to uh, Disneyland Paris a few weeks ago. And uh, we went using the Eurostar, which for any Americans, that's a, a train that goes under the English Channel. It goes under the water from England to various places in Europe. Um, and the trip, it's only a couple of hours, but it's a train, you know. And went on that and um, I went with Megan and our friend Kerry. Kerry's quite an avid reader like I am and listens to a lot of podcasts and stuff and audiobooks. Megan likes to sleep quite a lot on uh, on public transport and things. So I just got to read for ages. And both Kerry and Megan are reasonable people, so they go to bed at reasonable times, you know, 10, maybe 11. I'm a bit of a night owl, so I normally don't go to bed until 12 or 1-ish. Uh, midnight, that is, not, not midday. So when that was happening, I had several hours to myself uh, each evening. So... In the days when we were traveling, I was reading my book uh, for like to and from. I, I read it for about three or four hours each way. And then each evening I read it for another couple hours. So I actually read this whole book in about four days, uh, which is quite rare for me. Normally, as I'm sure a lot of people, whenever I say, I'm doing a book review, people are like, okay, well, we're not going to see that for four months because I just, I have to read all my Star Wars comics and consume all the other you know non-Star Wars content and spend time with Megan and have a social life and all these other things. And right at the very end of that, normally I get somewhere between 15 minutes and an hour each evening to read and sometimes I read a book sometimes I read comics sometimes I'm just too tired and so it was quite refreshing to actually just really hyper focus on this book and get to really read it for long periods of time and get really drawn into the story and I think again that is really something I have to give kudos to uh, Kirsten White for because her book was so enthralling and one of the critiques I have of the High Republic although I love it don't get me wrong and I love all the books and I really enjoyed them the young adult books haven't quite gripped me in the same way they have the term i I use it a lot the lull uh, where in the middle things just kind of start to potter around a little bit before things really start moving i didn't find that with padawan at all there's a couple of ya books don't really do that i think uh, lost stars is a big one where that doesn't happen at all lost stars just gets more and more exciting as the book goes on that's what padawan did 
it introduces intrigue. You get, you get the character of Obi-Wan, you get his relationship with uh, Qui-Gon, you, you kind of figure out where the story's going and why it happens. Then the main beat of the story happens, Obi-Wan going off on this mission by himself. But there's, there's a lot more to it. There's connections to the High Republic that I really didn't expect. And as the story just kept on going, I just found it more and more interesting. I just, by, by the halfway point, I really couldn't even put the book down. Uh, which is quite rare for me, especially a YA book. Not, again, that YA books are a problem. Lost Stars is probably my favourite. Well, that or Rising Storm are probably my favourite Star Wars books, as well as probably Darth Bane. But uh, it's, this was just so... It was such a joy to read. Such a joy. It was so much fun. There was there was enough like uh, connections to other content that, as a Star Wars fan, made me really excited. But it wasn't just reliant on cameos and things like that. The story felt fluid. It felt like it really happened. There was none of that kind of... You get certain stories that are prequels, and you're like, well, in the subsequent chronological stories, none of this gets mentioned. And why is that? But this story doesn't get mentioned elsewhere before it was written, obviously. But there's a. it kind of makes sense why, and it works. So, Because it, it's a deeply... It's for Obi-Wan. It, it's not for anyone else. So I think that him not talking about it to anyone else makes sense. Because if anyone else kind of went on him, with the, went on the trip with him, it'd be a bit different. But that's kind of my spoiler-free thoughts, I think, uh, for the time being. I, I think that that's kind of covered a lot of my thoughts on things, with a few tangents thrown on in there. Um, so now I think I'm going to delve into a slightly more spoilery thing. Now, I will, I will give... This is going to be a fairly big spoiler warning, but I will note that I knew the entire plot of this book because uh, I watched a... Uh, Star Wars Explained summary video that was a few minutes long just given the, the story beats of Padawan. So I already knew everything that really was going on here and I still really, really enjoyed the book. In fact, me finding out more about the book made me want to buy it more. Um, so give that little thing beforehand. Here's a spoiler warning. And uh, yeah, I'm going to delve into my spoiler-free thoughts and give yourself some plot details so that you have a good understanding of what happens in this book uh, without having to pick it up. Uh, but also, if you do pick it up, you'll get lots of cool stuff from it. So, my spoilery thoughts of Padawan. So, basic plot details. Obviously, Obi-Wan goes off and he goes on this mission by himself. Um, and he ends up kind of getting stranded on this strange planet. Um, but the way he actually finds the mission is he's exploring in... I think it's the Jedi Archives or something. Um, and he finds this vaguely secret room. And in this secret room, he actually finds some carving on the wall of, like, basically a mini map to some planet uh, and then it's signed by Orla and Comac so Orla would be Orla Jereni and Comac is Comac Vitus um, who are both in the High Republic um, I won't say anything else about those two characters but they have some quite major plot points and they are connected in some way if you want to hear more about that uh, just listen to any of my High Republic ones uh, my book reviews or my comic reviews and things um, Orla Jereni appears primarily in the comics and then I think the Fallen Star. So I think the Fallen Star book review and the Marvel comics by Kevin Scott, they're the best places to find about Orla. Comac Vitus, he's in the young adult books, basically. Uh, the three young adult books, Into the Dark, uh, Out of the Shadows, and Midnight Horizon. He's mainly in Midnight Horizon. That's where he, he comes to life the most. Um, but actually, I suppose Into the Dark has got, I think, all of Jereni's in that as well. Just check out my High Republic book reviews. You'll find out more about them. Um, but they're from the High Republic era, and they basically note this planet, and then Obi-Wan goes to find it. Um, and he goes there, and he basically comes across a group of, oh, I think it's like it's either eight or ten kids, or kids around his age some of them are a little bit younger some of them are a smidge older but they're none of them are older than teenagers and they seem to have this strange force ability uh, which is 
something that he can't quite figure out. I won't say what it is here because it doesn't. It, it just means that if you read the book, you'll have a bit of fun there. But knowing what it is doesn't really impact the wider Star Wars canon. Uh, so I'll leave that. But he basically finds that out and uh, yeah, finds out why they're seemingly force sensitive. They seem to have strange force powers and whatnot. The planet they're on is quite weird and seems to be trying to kill them. There's lots of crazy weird things in the book, but it's a really interesting, fun little self-contained story. And also, this is a minor spoiler, but a certain character pops up, one of the fan favourites who's barely in any other content in the canon, and that is Dexter Jetster. Um, I have heard rumblings that uh, he is appearing in some future content that may or may not have already just been released, uh, but I'm not going to delve into that here. Uh, but Dexter Jetster, so it actually shows how he met him, and for anyone who's unaware who that is, he is a Besselisk who owns the cafe in Attack of the Clones, when Obi-Wan goes to the cafe, and he's like, Obi-Wan, you know, um, hello Dex, that sort of interaction, he tells him that the Kaminoan uh, darts, that's where he meets Dexter Jetster, so it's a really, really cool uh, story, I really liked that element, and I thought the whole thing was fun. There's some cool action in it. There's some cool force stuff in it. Uh, there's some character stuff. There's a bit. There's a variety of species there, and it's quite heartwarming, quite touching, and it's a. It brings about certain uh, moral questions that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, so that's the, the general idea of the plot. Obviously, as I said before, Obi Wan then goes back, talks to Qui Gon, uh, and then it turns out that Qui Gon actually let Obi Wan go off by himself. Qui Gon was never caught up talking to Dooku or anything like that. He just didn't show up to see what Obi-Wan would do to try and push Obi-Wan to kind of take initiative a little bit and kind of don't follow the rules quite as much, be a little bit more rebellious. That was kind of uh, Qui-Gon's teaching. And so Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan after Obi-Wan's adventure are a little bit closer together, which is a nice thing as well. But yeah, so my overview of this, uh, I mean, my thoughts, spoilery or spoiler not, are pretty similar. It's just that this is a really good young adult book. Some of the characters in this book are really, really cool as well. Um, I loved meeting Dexter. I loved how the plot kind of unfolds. Some of the creatures in it are really, really cool as well. Um, And it's, yeah, I think it's meant to be social commentary to a degree on like treating nature with respect, that sort of thing, because that kind of comes into it. But I just really like seeing Obi-Wan interact with loads of people his sort of age and then interact with some of the local animals and fauna and things. And uh, there's a thing, it was going around the internet um, where Obi-Wan may or may not be gay. Um, A lot of LGBTQ plus places were were talking about this. And, you know, I read the book thinking, oh, what's it going to be? I mean, I'm not saying he's not, but I'd say he's maybe bi, maybe bi-curious. Not that this matters, I don't really care who any of my characters, whether they're gay, straight, trans, whatever. I, as long as they're cool characters, I don't really care. But Obi-Wan did have a relationship with Satine Cries, who was the pacifist leader of Mandalore. Obviously, that's all detailed in the uh, Clone Wars arc. Um, and it's really touching. It's some of my favourite Obi-Wan moments. It's his interactions with Maul and his interactions with Satine. One of the big lines from it is he said he would have left the Jedi Order for her. So uh, if you haven't checked out that arc, go watch Clone Wars. You know, the Mandalorian arcs are so good, especially if you're a fan of the Mandalorian. Um, but that whole stuff is really cool. But then Obi-Wan basically, when he's on this planet, he kind of thinks like whether or not he may or may not be attracted to this male who's talking to him um and it he's kind of unsure if he is or isn't so i mean i would read that as because we've had no other confirmation of it i would say it's probably him just being a somewhat bi-curious teenager you know or maybe he just did have a degree of attraction to that person but it didn't flourish any further he's very clearly at least heterosexual i'm fine with obi-wan being bi um i think that 
doesn't affect his character at all. Um, so I just thought I'd address that little part uh, in this. But yeah, I think Kirsten Wright... Uh, Kirsten White is a really, really good writer. Loved reading this or YA book. It was a lot of fun, and anything else she releases, I'll be, I'll be well up for reading that. It's a brilliant Obi Wan story. Uh, if you like Obi Wan, obviously it's a must read. If you're not overly fussed on Obi Wan, I'd say it's still worth a read. It's not the best YA book. I'd say Lost Stars is gold standard YA. Then I'd say if you're more interested in Jedi and the Force and that sort of side of things, pick up Padawan. If you're more interested by like politics uh, and Princess Leia, then I'd say pick up Leia, Princess of Alderaan, which is by Claudia Gray. Those are kind of the three young adult novels that come to mind the most. There is the Ahsoka novel by E.K. Johnston, which is a fun read. But if you haven't seen all the Clone Wars and you have no real connection to Ahsoka, it's not like a must read uh, but I think that Lost Stars 100% is a, is a must read that's one of the best Star Wars books ever written so yeah I'd rate this pretty high um, I'd probably give it 7.5 or an 8 out of 10 I'd say uh, really good read a lot of fun doesn't really go too deep uh, in a lot of things doesn't really add anything really to the canon as a whole but as its own self-contained story it's really good and it's not too long the pacing's really good uh, like the writing itself and the story itself are really good so that's the only reason i'm not rating it higher is just because as i said in terms of the wider star wars galaxy it, it doesn't necessarily add that much um and i'm just like if there's more of these if this became like a trilogy of young obi-wan books i, I would be really happy with that I, i'd open that I'd welcome that with open arms. And obviously, I mentioned Satine Cries as well. So I would say that a really good trilogy for this would be another book about Obi-Wan discovering himself or something like that. And then another one about him and Satine. I think if they made a young adult trilogy of this, it would work really well. And then it would work really well with Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. And then that would also work really well with Mike Chen's Brotherhood. So I think we could have like a Obi-Wan canon book quadrilogy. Because I know that the Kenobi book in Legends uh, by John Jackson Miller is held in quite high regard i've not personally read it i've heard mixed things about it i will probably check it out at some point uh, because it is part of the essential legends collection and i'm trying to get through some of those but it's not a priority at the moment it's not an old republic uh, book that i'm kind of prioritizing and it's also not a uh, rogue squadron novel so i'm not prioritizing that and I still really want to listen to Darth Maul Shadowhunter, the version that's narrated by Sam Witwer, who obviously voiced Maul in the Clone Wars and Rebels. So, um, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what's on the roster, I think, uh, at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. Really good YA book. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Really recommend to anyone who's a big fan of Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's a fan of, like, the Force stuff, things like that. And it, it goes well with the other YA books, I find. So, um... I think that's going to be enough from me, my friends. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. If I've just put this on Patreon, then thank you for your support. If I've released this on the normal feed, then thank you for listening and stuff. It is much appreciated in any respect. And uh, if you enjoyed this, then please consider checking out my Patreon because uh, I've released quite a few book reviews in this sort of format. And there's lots of legend stuff on there. I don't release anywhere else. And there's a couple of other book reviews I plan to release, including the YA Book Force Collector. Um, Michael Stackpole's uh, Rogue Squadron novel which is the first in the X-Wing series uh, and then I'm also listening to Revan as well and I've yet to release the Darth Bane book three but I imagine that I'll release that before this one because I try and keep some sort of vague amount of uh, 
chronology uh, in my releases just so if I reference other things it doesn't get confusing but yeah thank you so much my friends I appreciate all of you listening and tuning in Uh, please let me know if you have read Padawan or if you plan on doing it or just your thoughts in general really with this and YA fiction and Obi-Wan as a character all that sort of lovely stuff but thank you so much my friends I appreciate you all I'll talk to you very soon and as always may the force be with you You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of genuine chit-chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.